When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. All eyes on Brisbane this afternoon at the Gabba, especially for cricket fans, sports fans really. Uh, It is one of the great rivalries in sport and another chapter begins to be written this afternoon. So uh, we're going to check in with uh, Ali Martin now, who's the cricket writer for The Guardian, uh, who's on duty in Australia, of course. Uh, They go in there, throng the media from uh, England to follow uh, England wherever they go, particularly for this appointment, there's no doubt about it. So uh, it's a big good morning to you, Ali. Nice to catch up with you again. Morning, Smithy. Great to hear your voice. Yeah, hi. Mate, interesting. Um, we, we've seen Australia play their hand very early on in the piece. It's all been about uh, Australia, really, from our point of view, across the ditch here with the pain episode, etc., the, the new captaincy. Meanwhile, under the radar, England seem to have been just going about their business. H- how have you mapped their build-up? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, in terms of the actual cricket play, it's been really truncated by the by the rain that's fallen in, in Queensland. And, you know, they've probably only got about seven sessions of, of actual sort of middle, middle practice or middle cricket. Look, it started to become a, a bit farcical towards the end, as a, you know, with batsmen coming back in after they'd after they'd failed and what have you. So it's it's been hugely limited, and that's got to be a slight concern for England. Albeit the Aussies are in a reasonally similar boat, having come back late from winning the T uh, Twenty World Cup themselves, and with with a few more sort of first team players in that T Twenty squad. So both teams come into it a little bit underprepared, a little bit undercooked. Um, but England, uh, well, I mean, ever since they announced their squad in October, and that was kind of met with a bit of pessimism, things have started to just very small bits have started to go their way. Ben Stokes. Mm. Coming back in is obviously huge. Uh, we've seen Australia have a very late change of captain in, uh, with Pat Cummins coming in for, for Tim Payne. And um, they won't have to go to Perth anymore. That, that test match is going to be moved, the fifth test. So they won't have to face the sort of the bouncy, bouncier conditions there that they've struggled with in the past. So there's um, the idea of two pink ball tests will please Jimmy Anderson. So um, there's just a few little elements coming in, even if the Aussies are clearly the favourites at the moment. <laughs> Let's look at the, uh, the inclusion. And uh, I, I guess a, a major one from my point of view is the presence of Ben Stokes uh, in the side. Uh, tell us what that means to England's cause. I mean, it's it's huge, and, and the reasons for that are sort of uh, you know a myriad, really, because you've got a you've got a bit of a Swiss Army knife of a player there. I mean, he can he you know he's in terms of a batter, he holds his own. He's probably one of two bankers in the side for runs alongside Joe Root. You know, he's fast, medium. It's very hard to get the ball out of his hand. He's a pretty relentless sort of shot bowler in that respect, um, and the leadership side of it as well. You know, he's a leader and a presence on the field, um, and probably something that was lacking four years ago when Joe Root didn't have him alongside him. Um, and I think he, he takes a huge amount of sort of burden off Joe Root, who can just focus a bit more on his own output which has been pretty stellar this year um, and he also gives him a bit of a presence on the field and I think you know the Australians themselves have admitted that you know there are kind of nightmares still have nightmares about that innings in 2019 at Headingley and um, mm. it's a place where Ben made his debut eight years ago um, announcing himself to the world of the century and also a five wicket haul in his first tour so um, they're conditions he enjoys as well so it is huge but it's also probably worth tempering those expectations
problems with the fact that he hasn't played for cricket for four months um, and by that warm-up game the other day which as I say sort of turned into glorified middle practice he's very light on cricket so um, it's going to be fascinating to see how he goes uh, Interesting to look at uh, England's uh, 11 that, that they will uh, obviously confirm at the toss Australia have been up front with theirs very early on in the piece it will not include Jimmy Anderson now I think this is my personal belief on this knowing uh, the next test is a day-night affair where the ball will swing I think this is a bit of a masterstroke uh, from England providing they can get out of this one I think uh, if they get to Adelaide with Jimmy Anderson fully fit in those conditions this uh, this might be a, a real tick in the column for them I think it's a good move Yeah it's, it's, I must admit when, when the sort of I say the news broke yesterday I'd, I'd actually we'd sort of been trailing it for about a week or so that he was behind he, he hit the hit the tour with a bit of a calf niggle um, and that probably set him back about two weeks worth of bowling at the start of the tour so he's um, he's just a bit behind the others in terms of actual preparation he has been bowling at full pelt in the Gabinets this week but England you're right they're kind of they're looking at kind of selective uh, se- uh, selection for this one so they're you know really really sort of trying to deploy guys where they think they'll do best and and, and that maybe could be accused of overthinking but they're not the same as Australia Australia have a clear first choice attack don't they of Stark Hazelwood Cummins and Lyon whereas England I think they're probably looking at the way India won here last year you know with a real sort of squad mentality um, and rotation obviously some of that was enforced for India but um, yeah England are looking to sort of deploy guys where they think they're going to be best placed but um, but yeah there is a big call to make this morning which is between Stuart Broad and Jack Leach and if Stuart Broad doesn't play that'll be the first time that either he or Jimmy Anderson have been in an England test team for five years and um, the first time in 37 Ashes tests as well. Well that would be a massive bonus for David Warner if Stuart Broad didn't play I mean uh, if ever anyone has troubled Warner on a regular basis it is Stuart Broad and uh, of course with left handers in the side and he bowls so well to them uh, that would that not be a gamble Ali? It would but it, at the same time it looks like the, the only way he can really get into the team is in a five-man pace attack um, and that is something which is something that England have deployed overseas in the past they won in Johannesburg in 2020 um, with, with, a, with a five-pronged pace attack and no spinner but um, but I think it would also probably give the Australians you know just a, a diet of right arm seam up really uh, Mark Wood's the point of difference with his with his extra pace but but it would possibly be very samey and Joe Root's come into this series saying you know we need to do things differently to, to how we've done it before you know the, the results speak for themselves the last two Ashes tours it's Australia have seen England lose nine of the ten tests so um, it would be a huge call uh, and I, I mean particularly as you say with the David Warner factor you'd think you'd want to get broad and early an early sizer at David Warner um, but um, but yeah but perhaps for the balance of the side and um, you know to give Joe Root a, a slow bowling option Jack Leach comes in and, and Stuart Broad like Jimmy Anderson has to wait his turn mm, yeah, it may well be the case it's, that is a, that's a very interesting thing for me to look for uh, at uh, half an hour before the, uh, the game begins so um, obviously um, this for Joe Root is a bit of a, I think a bit of a, a watershed series um, particularly in Australia where he has never scored three figures, uh, so Joe Root the captain principally still has to be Joe Root the batsman. That's absolutely right and and to be honest he couldn't wish for better personal form coming into this series he's got six test hundreds already this year he's got 1400 runs um, and I think the next best in the England side is Rory Burns who's about a thousand runs behind this year so that really shows England's reliance on Root and how they really need him to have a, I don't know, probably a 500 run minimum series to, to, to really be in the contest here. Well Ali, um, you've been covering uh, English cricket for a long time and one of the hallmarks of England's sides used to be uh, a settled top order uh, you know, I, I go back to you know as far back in my days as, as Gooch and, and the likes of uh, Gower around the team and then you, of course you work your way through your, your Atherton's, your Vaughan's etc, your Strauss's uh, and, and then you come to uh, perhaps the most unsettled period of a top three in English cricket for quite some time so for me, uh, that's a target area an obvious one for Australia but an important one for England. 
It is, it is, and it's um, you know, I probably you, you probably say out of the th out of the top three, which are, you know names that are not going to sort of leap off the page or strike fear into the hearts of Australians, is is, is Rory Burns, Hasib Hamid, and uh, and David Milan coming in at number three. Now, I mean, Burns is a is a extremely sort of uh, scrappy kind of you know really real sort of nuggety, flinty kind of kind of opener. He's not the prettiest to watch. Um, he's pretty unorthodox in his setup, but he but but ultimately he he has found a way in the past, and he um, he already does have a hundred against this attack. Edgebaston two years ago. Hamid is the, the kind of one that people are sort of slightly holding their breath up because he was the, you know, the, the sort of the, the prodigy who came through in 2016 in India and, and sort of really grabbed everyone's attention and, and a, a combination of injury and loss of confidence and form really set him back. And it took a move from Lancashire to Nottinghamshire with, a, I believe, a small spell in, in Wellington club cricket in between to kind of reboot his uh, reboot his game. But he's back there. Um, the big question for him really is um, he plays very low. He's got very low hands. He's a kind of, he'd almost be a sort of subcontinental special so that's where we've seen him do his best work in test cricket so far but um, he made his comeback against India in the summer at home and um, there were a couple of encouraging century partnerships alongside Burns so yeah it's 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 a very sort of it's a very fresh uh, opening partnership there and one that's sort of pr probably still working it out and then and then it's Darren Milan at number yeah. three who's again yeah well D yeah, Darren yeah. Milan's again he's come he's just come back in but that is that is pretty much off the basis of his tour here four years ago where he was one of the few English batsmen to stand up he made a century in Perth and averaged averaged over 40 which is you're probably going to need more from your batsman out to get the win out here, but um, but but yeah, he's a kind of you know a, a much more seasoned professional in his 30s. Has played a lot of international cricket across, uh, particularly the T20 formats. But but essentially, he's um, you know he's used to the arena, and um, and yeah, and it's up to those guys really to give Joe Root the best protection at the top, get the shine off that kookaburra ball, get it get it soft, and um, let guys like jo Joe Root and Ben Stokes come in and, and capitalise. So if I had to pick a potential series breaker uh, for either side, uh, who, who who would you go? For? for Ali um, uh, for Australia and, and of course for England who who would be for you the key men who just simply have to deliver in this particular five match series yeah I mean I, I certainly think from England, from an English point of view that, that, that Ben Stokes brings so much to this England team in terms of allowing them to play the spinner which we believe is probably going to be the case today uh, and just his general presence and that, that sort of the way he, he you know he, his game is really set up for Southern Hemisphere conditions although I'd probably go for Joe Root as I said at the top I mean he, he's going to have to have you know a really big series to match a guy like Steve Smith who we kind of know is going to score runs it's, it's really how whether whether it's kind of one of those celestial series where he's averaging you know 70 and making three three hundreds three big hundreds or, or whether England can do a job like they did uh, like India did at the start of the year which was to keep him down to a, a mere mortal average of about 40 so um, yeah I think I think they're, they're, it's probably the, it's probably the big two batsmen isn't it it's Joe Root and Steve Smith um, but notwithstanding this fascinating subplot of Pat Cummins taking over the caps and see the first specialist seaman to do it for Australia since 1950 so um, yeah, it's uh, this it's going to be the rare time when we're going to see captain versus captain right out there in the middle doing battle directly. Uh, Elliot, oh, I'm looking back at uh, old footage of uh, absolutely jam-packed stadiums in Australia. Uh, the Ashes always attracts that, uh, and part of that, of course, a big part of that is the Barmy Armoury and the English flavour that's added to it. What do you know of the levels of support that are able to come round, uh, come down this time around? Well, the, the early reports I've seen, um, th there is obviously a big expat community here, and, and, and England are hopeful of getting it about a thousand England fans in in the ground from 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 around the sort of the Brisbane sort of wider wider region but you know in in a in a in a, in a ground of 35,000 and and you know not as condensed in in a sort of section of the ground like they've been before that that'll be hugely diluted and that yeah that's I mean that's it's something that England are going to have to get their heads around they're so used to having such a passionate support away from home and you know that as much as some find them a bit boorish at times that there are moments and passages 
to play when the ball goes flat and um, and the crowd does lift them. So you know they're going to have to sort of find the find that from within. I think, albeit with a with a bit of a smattering of, of support out there for them. Now, Ali, um, and one of the other things uh, I, I think is so important for English cricket at the moment is uh, uh, the news uh, around the game is so negative. Uh, you know, uh, there's no doubt about it. It, it can't be denied. Um, every day or every week, we see a new headline of, of some sort of person being uh, implicated in uh, in the racism type uh, squabbles, etc. Uh, so uh, this is really important uh, on the field, I think, um, to, to get that somewhat out of the out of the agenda. Yeah, yeah. Albeit, it's, it's obviously a subject that shouldn't be ignored, but it, it will be a welcome break in the clouds just to just to see guys walk out and uh, and you know play the game that we all love, and it's you know it's, it's a game that we want to be for everybody. So it's a hugely important passage of uh, time for English cricket, and um, yeah, you, you can you, you sense that, that that change is happening. You could ask questions about why that change didn't happen sooner and how long it's taken the English game to wake up. There's a kind of there's a pretty glaring statistic, but I think that, that you know 30% of um, recreational cricketers in England. Uh, from a South Asian background and that number goes down to 4% at the professional level there's a bottleneck there um, and the game really needs to open up sure does it sure does uh, and uh, I think it will uh, as a result of what's happened but uh, the main thing of course now uh, for us on this side as well Ali is is, uh, is the ashes thanks so much for your insight this morning mm. uh, we've heard so much about Australia so it's been great to catch up with you mate and uh, and get your perspective uh, let's hope you enjoy uh, your time in Australia it should be fantastic fantastic cheers cheers Smithy take care